You're listening to the Collab Talk podcast, episode 63 of the MVP Buzz Chat series. In this episode, I'm talking with dual MVP in office apps and services in the data platform, John White. Hey, this is Christian Buckley with another MVP Buzz Chat, and I'm here with uh, Dr. John White, uh, a world traveler, um, <laughs> mad scientist, and uh, uh, John. I'm not mad. I'm, I'm just angry. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you introduce I, I, yourself? I do have an MSc, so that makes me a scientist, I think. <laughs> yes. Is that, is that all you have to, to, to be made, to classified as a scientist? That's it? Yeah, I think so. I think so. <laughs> okay. I so, yeah, let me try. Well, you know, like Big, big Bang Theory, they always make fun of the guy with just the master's degree. So. Yeah, I know. I know. It, it wasn't cost effective to go get a doctorate. Plus, I'm impatient. You know me. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I have the exact same story. There, I think there is no somebody. Somebody argue with me that there's no financial justification for that. So I do want to go get my. It's doctorate. negative. Yeah, yeah I, I do want to go get that the, the doctorate, um, but you know that that's more of a semi-retirement thing. So Once you're independently wealthy, yeah. Right. I'm, I'm still working on that at my age. <laughs> well, why don't you introduce yourself, yeah. John? It's, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm John White. I'm, uh, I'm the CTO and co-founder of, the company's name is Unlimited Viz. We are the makers of TIEGRAPH. So if you've heard of us, that's probably why you've heard of us. Uh, we do analytical software for Office 365. I, uh, well, you know, you know some of the background. I, uh, I've been in this industry far, far, far too long. I think I broke in with Novell, actually, Novell Network. Nice. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, came up through the ranks with Lotus Notes, did some dabbling with Java, JavaScript, landed in the Microsoft space with SharePoint 2001, believe it or not, and uh, focused in on the business intelligence area. And in the last few years, as business intelligence has moved off of SharePoint as a platform, I'm focusing in on Power BI these days. Well, that's, it's, it's interesting. So I'm, I'm not old school like you. I, I got introduced into the SharePoint world in the 2003 era. Uh-huh. I'm wow. Hey. Young, I'm part of the young kids that came in later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, it's, uh, but it is interesting. I mean, there's been a lot of talk for years, uh, the SharePoint space, about you know, all the, the data, and then there's the presentation layer. Yeah. It feels like we're finally getting to that space. I mean, we, we had that conversation a lot with, with Teams where Teams is really just about the consuming of information and through applications and you know, through all of these other tools and your data could be in SharePoint and OneDrive, which is SharePoint, but um, you know, accessing other legacy applications and data stores all over the place. It's the whole dream of loosely coupled systems, right? I mean, Teams is, a, Teams is an excellent example. But Teams really, if you dig under the covers, all Teams is is the chat mechanism, right? That's really all it's truly bringing to the table apart from that integrating platform, that UI, that uh, basically is, is, is lit up. And, and frankly, in the, in the data space, that's what Power BI is, right? I mean, it's got... It's got tech. What, what, what's beautiful about Power BI is for years and years and years, Microsoft had some really, really strong BI technology, um, you know, server-wise, but it had zero, frankly. Well, not zero, but, but it was next to zero unless you were, you know, a, a fairly advanced analyst on the client side. And Power BI is bringing, that, bringing some quite usable um, in, interfaces, essentially. or They're democratizing BI is what they're doing, and they're aggregating data where it sits 
Uh, so you don't have to worry about bringing things, you know, one time over a massive BI project. It's, that's, it's kind of the same sort of vision on the data side. Well, well, you know, it, so Microsoft has long uh, had been in the pole position in two categories. Right? A, lot of, a lot of spaces are handling a lot of things. But in two categories that they've not quite taken ownership of yet, but they still have the ability. And so one, I mean, my background being first part of my career as a technical project manager and program management, and it would build out PMOs for organizations was, was the project and portfolio management. And you think mm -hmm. Microsoft project and project server and, and their long history, and they still don't own the space. It is just diffused across. And, and I, I would argue that there's a movement towards um, with, with all of the kind of the kind of common data system and like all these other systems, the data that's, that's being collected. Now the push behind planner and of course project 365 and you have all these tools that are still out there and yet Excel is still the number one project management tool, you know, it's, but, it's, it's yeah. ease of use, right? I mean, I think, I think project well, project, the server and all of that is, is, you know, sits on top of SharePoint. And I think the lesson, the one thing that's the, 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 the lesson that's been learned over the past few years is you don't want to make anything totally dependent on SharePoint. Um, SharePoint's an awesome tool, uh, but it's not necessarily the most user-friendly in every single case, certainly not for point solutions, right? Um, and by moving things away from, well, again, Teams is kind of winning on, on, that, on that UI space, but it, really the power of Teams is, is SharePoint and behind the scenes. Yeah. Yes, but, it's, but, the, but that's the, just the one piece. Yeah. It has those commonalities. And the second one where Microsoft is in that pole position is around you know, the, the analytics, is that, that side yeah. of it too, where, where again, uh, we default to, you can throw in there talking about Excel, uh, or, uh, or you know, Excel, of course, highly used. Um, Microsoft has been in the space for a number of years. Yeah. With Power BI and, and Excel, I mean, there's... Yeah meteor capabilities within Excel itself, um, Microsoft really is, as you say, they, they are in that position to democratize uh, the analytics capability. They're, they're owning it. And if you see some of the market movement in the last few years, it's, it's really, really come to fruition. I mean, I don't have the numbers off the top of my head, but they're, of course, growing at ridiculous rates. Um, uh, they've been, you know, upper right-hand corner of the Gardner Magic, Magic Quadrant for the last I don't know, 10 years, or maybe it's not that, but it's certainly been as long as Power BI has been in market. Um, and one of the um, most uh, recent things that is telling me that they're get, um, winning the battle, essentially, is that Tableau just got bought by Salesforce. So, you know, Tableau becomes, you know, a, a tab, a Salesforce gets a, a great analytical tool, but Microsoft loses a competitor, frankly. That's what they're going to be focused on, on Salesforce from now on. And that's basically them saying, I think we need to exit the market now uh, while the getting's good. Um, Power BI has been coming up. I mean, initially it was the scrappy contender that was priced right. Now it's, you know, very, very feature rich. And yeah, it's, it's, it's really democratizing uh, the BI space. And as you mentioned, you, you could use Excel as well, Excel is uh, still very much a first um, first class citizen in, in the Power BI space. But you notice, you know, a few years back before we had the new UI on Power BI, the one that's about four or five years old now, yeah. um, the first time they gave that a shot was let's just make Excel the BI client because everybody exports to Excel. That didn't quite fly either. It didn't exactly take off. And that part of that is usability. They've really gotten it to the, to the, to the space where I want to say simple users, basic users, and users are, are, are comfortable with the tools. 
Well, you also have, uh, you know, the, the, the movement towards like the open data. So the, the mm -hmm. open data initiative. So it's Microsoft, Adobe, SAP. I mean, it's just, it's a different approach to a lot of these things. It's, it's uh, I, so at the Microsoft Inspire, I spent some time over in the Microsoft, the product team kiosks over in the sales and marketing side of things. And it was less about what they're doing, the front end, the application itself. Because right now, my, Microsoft's not even on the radar in some of those areas. It's like CRM. Everybody thinks mm -hmm. of Dynamics and CRM. And it's just one little piece of what Dynamics is and does within the space. A uh, much smaller piece would be the ERP piece. But, uh, yep. you know, but with all of that out there, they, it, it's, it's funny as I would kind of go back to the interface and the, and the Microsoft product managers there on the floor would just keep saying, it's like, look, it's, it's irrelevant, that piece of it. Wherever your data is, there's no company that has like all Microsoft technology. We only look through in these view these front end applications yep. that are Microsoft developed. And so the the story is really the ownership of all of these other systems. And so that's why you see Microsoft stressing the platform ODI, the, the common data uh, services, um, the sharing of informa information across these things. Because the reality is that uh, organizations want a they want a multi-cloud, um, you know, multi-platform, multi-OEM mm -hmm. approach to go and build easily, quickly and easily and scalable, scalable, manageable across all these different assets. You want all those different pieces. And I mean, we're, we're just now getting to this fun space where we can start doing some of those things. We, we really are. And it's a convergence of, uh, of a number of technologies. You mentioned the Open Data Initiative. Part of... Um, how that's being accomplished is through things like, well, you, you mentioned common data service. There's different, uh, basically, these are all, those are all um, instances of the common data model. Right. And it's the, basically the, the way you can uh, abstract out the metadata for whatever the object you're talking about. So I have a customer. Is my customer stored in CRM? Is it stored in Salesforce? Whatever. It doesn't matter. It's going to have these fields in common. Both of those products are obviously structured differently. They have different schemas. And the idea, the simple idea behind all of that stuff is let's have a, a layer that's above all of that stuff. We'll have all of our integration stuff talk to that layer and those things will plug into it. So if I have CRM, I plug my CRM into this, uh, this model. If I, have, uh, if I have Salesforce, I plug that into the model, whatever. And whatever those object types are. Uh, in Power BI, these are manifested as data flows. So there's different ways of attacking this. But at the end of the day, it's just files in a data lake in Azure. It's interesting as I started to really kind of because uh, look, I've, I started my career in the data warehousing world and you know working for uh, I was in Pacific Telsa Shared Services, so the phone okay. company Pacific Bell in California, and I was with the parent company in a shared services organization. And so some of my first so, so you were the guy who never showed up for his appointments on time. No, no, no. Uh, oh, I was the one. Way. I was running the uh, like I did a data center consolidation project that was yep. a year, year and a half to go and do where we're updating the old off that old and I wish I still had it uh, like the the old SGI hardware. Those were all awesome oh, wow viruses. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We were moving off of those over to HP, and so just a less expensive, uh, you know, easier to kind of support and, and stuff. But and at the same time, we were rolling out front-end applications, so business objects. I don't know if you remember uh, DSS Strategy, the company. They had a product called DSS Agent. Mm. Uh, I was a huge fan. Yeah, they uh, business objects won the, mm -hmm. the, the battle there. Um, but SaaS and you know, a bunch of their modules and things like that. And uh, and so I I represented kind of all those pieces. But 
increasingly the projects that I would work on were to, to go and grab these other data sources and merge this stuff in. And so every other project just became, became this kind of a rinse repeat of that process. We want to update with this GIS information. We want to, um, you know, sorry folks, a geographical information system. So uh, the phone company, when they go and dig a trench in your yard, they want to be accurate within three feet, not 30 feet. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. Yeah, that dig up your whole yard looking for that thing. So we're constantly updating that. Uh, and then, you know, a lot of this other demographic psychographic information. So that was we'd go and run campaigns and market to uh, back in the old day. Why they even need to do that kind of marketing when if you wanted to hook up your phone, there was one phone number to call, you know. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, you know, it, it's just fascinating, you know, even back then to how painful that was mm -hmm. to go and make a lot of that data usable, manageable yeah. so that these app front end applications could you know, successfully navigate it, much less you pull out, you know, subsets of this data. Um, I mean, data it was jail. appreciating yeah. to do that. We had no cloud to go yeah. and leverage. And, and that's really made a, made a massive cloud. difference. Yeah. 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 Someone who can maintain, manage that data, make sure it's reliable, make sure it's there. Um, and I mean, it's, it's a, it's, it's, I, I want to say a vicious cycle. It might be a virtuous cycle. depends on how you look at it. But the easier we make it uh, to be able to store this data reliably, uh, the, to um, be able to leverage the insights that are available in that data, is, that's more motivation to put more data in. So, you know, as we, as we add more, we get more value out, et cetera, et cetera. So this is just, it's, it's snowballing. Well, what, is, what are some of the, as you, when you talk with clients a lot about this, you're going and building a lot of these, these, uh, these models, you're helping train them on how to use the solutions themselves. Like, what are the kinds of things that people are doing with this data? Because we, so we would, you know, several years ago is we, the cloud branding of, you know, we're moving to the cloud and on-prem was still 80 plus percent of what was out there, even five years ago, six years ago. Um, you know, the, a lot of, we would talk about the fact that organizations aren't, getting rid of data anymore and part of it is this fear that hey we want to store it we don't know what value we can get out of it today but we don't want to purge it and then find out hey we could have gotten these other uses of it oh, oh they do if there's potential liability sitting well, there <laughs> yeah but i would even argue that most organizations they're not aware enough of what they have to do that kind of purging they should be yes um but so what what kinds of things are, are organizations doing? What kind of what kinds of problems are you addressing for them? Well, for the most part, it's the classic things, right? We want to know. Uh, we want we want answers to the questions, uh, and we've always had that situation where we know what questions we have, right? So basic green bar reports have always been able to answer that. That requirement is still there, right? We always are going are to have that one moving forward. Uh, now we've gotten with with some of the more analytical tools and the self-service BI, and that's where you get into things like Power Pivot. You know, that goes back, I guess, 10 years or so. Um, now we can start to ask uh, answer questions that we didn't know we have already. So that's you know analytical reporting. We can drill around in the data. Why is that point so high? You know, start to answer those questions as an end user, as opposed to having to go out and have IT build all these reports. So that starts to be good. 
but you know, we get the sheer volume of data, what happens next? You know what, I don't wanna be bothered with the reports and looking around at my data. I want you to tell me when I need to be concerned. And that's when we start to leverage off some of this machine learning stuff. So it's not just a buzzword. We have all of this data, it's in the cloud, so we can, we can, we can share it amongst uh, users. This is something Microsoft does when they're training their models. We get the benefit of the trained models, not the data under, un, underlying, so that's good. So they have this massive pool of data they can draw upon to train their models. But if I've got models specific to my business, I can start to leverage the data I've collected to build some pred predictive analytics. So tell me when things are outside of the norm, when something is an outlier. And there are lots of tools for doing that. There's tools for common scenarios that are just, you know, plug in your data. Uh, there, there are tools that, you know, well, there are models that are already built by Microsoft just pointed at your data, right? So you can use your data to train it. Um, and then finally, if none of those exist, there's some really, really cool um, uh, tools now that help you just build your own models. So there's you know Azure ML Studio that's out there that can run right off your data. But even Power BI has added just recently some ML capabilities where I can have a pool of data. Let's say I've got a bunch of dimensions. I'd like to be able to predict this measure, whether it's a turn down a loan application, or I, sh I should say accept a loan application, be positive, John, uh, or, or, uh, or, or predict the number in the future. Well, I could have it run through all my data. It will internally build a model that I can now run against other data and have it predict what my values are. And I can take that model and export it to Azure and make it part of an application. So these are some of the things you can do with data when you have lar uh, large amounts of it in, uh, stored. But I guess the fear is for a lot of organizations, like do I need to go hire a data scientist to be able to navigate through all of that? Or is it something that, you know, a business analyst, somebody that understands the systems and, and to some degree, the, the, the data that's been captured and what's out there, and then to go and start, you know, formulating this? Or do I need to go hire a consultant I know you can't entirely say no to that, John, because you get <laughs> We're software company now, man. We're software company. You guys company. don't do that either. You're a software company. But I mean, you know, but do I need to go hire a third party to be able to go and build all that? Or is that something that I really truthfully can do on my own? Well, the democratizing something like machine learning uh, is kind of the next step. We've got democ uh, BI democratized, or we're well on our way, so let's worry about democratizing. And, and what that is, there's always going to be the place for the, uh, for the data scientist, right? You always want to make sure that you've got someone to answer those really, really tough questions. What, what? this tooling, I, huh? I always just use it as an example. Like I, so I had a buddy who ran, the uh, musician, ran the digital studios at uh, his university, uh, did his master's degree in music composition. And I went over to his home studio and he had cakewalk, if you're familiar yeah, with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it all set up. And I'm, he left me alone. He's off working. I was visiting from out of state and I'm playing all day long. I'm creating, I'm doing all this kind of stuff. Excellent I'm, analogy. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm awesome at this. Then I purchased cakewalk, installed it on my home system, and I'm like completely lost. He had fine-tuned everything yes. set up. That's how I look at look at this. Like, yeah. I mean, but but it's a, it's a good analogy because uh, if you look at what I'm what I'm saying, the democratization of this or any other tool is you're taking you're taking the the parts that are repeatable out or the parts that are you know you can make approachable and you're giving them to to the end users and you, you're still going to need your data science, but they're not going to have to do everything related to it. It's not a gargantuan task to start getting into it. You can go to them now after you're quite a ways down the road if you if you still can't solve your problem with, with a pretty you know, well-informed question is what, what it boils down to. And to, to your analogy, 
I, to make music, you used to have to rent a studio. It cost, I don't know how much you had to go in, all this hardware sitting there. And now you can get software and run it on your computer and not know what you're doing um, and start putting stuff out there. Now, you, you want to be a musician to have good stuff. You subscribe to a service that has all of that already out there in the cloud. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Whether, whether it uh, is as responsive as you want, that's another question. Yeah, yeah. But, but, but it's the whole it's that, it's that concept of democratization in all these spaces. And frankly, that's what Microsoft has always been good at. If I, you know, I go back in my history, they democratized networking. Novell was good, but it wasn't as approachable. So, boom, everybody attacked, you know, everybody latched onto Microsoft's network. Word processing, right? The, uh, document management. The one thing, you know, if I had to pick one thing that SharePoint had a massive impact on is it, it democratized document management. Before SharePoint, Documentum, right? All of those guys. And, uh, and that was, you know, big stuff that had you needed training on and it was hard to use. SharePoint came along, made it relatively easy. And, you know, with OneDrive, it's even easier these days. But it's, it's this whole democratization process. And that's what they've been good at. And they're doing that here. Well, so where, where do you recommend organizations go get started uh, in, in what they do? I know that you kind of, uh, you know, you preach the religion of Power BI that's out there, you know. That's right. And I've yeah. uh, gone to a couple of workshops. And that's, again, that's one of those things where um, you open it up and the interface might be, uh, uh, you know, less than helpful of like, where do I actually start? Sure. Nothing about that. But once you get kind of the main components and know how to navigate the, the primary functions of it, you can start to get going and some learn some things. But yeah. kind of where, where do you set people on that path to kind of learn? Walk, your, walk before you run. There's a bunch of tools that come uh, right with it. So to start with, you can get up and running. If you've got an Azure Active Directory account, just go to app.powerbi.com, punch in your uh, AAD credentials and you'll be up and running. Uh, as a free user. As a free user, by the way, you can do everything in the service that doesn't involve sharing, all right, just to be aware of that. So you can completely get yourself ramped up on working with data and all of that building data models, et cetera, et cetera. In that service, in the upper right-hand corner, there's a little question mark icon. It's for help. And right under there, there is a link to a whole pile of bite-sized videos. So that's one place to start. Uh, there's a site uh, out there called edX, edX.com. There is a whole course on Power BI if you want to walk through it, uh, built by one of the product team members, uh, Will Thompson is his name. Uh, there are seminars out there. There, is, there are dashboard in a day uh, uh, courses that are being offered out there. All kinds of good stuff on, uh, on that front. On YouTube, there's a channel called Guy in a Cube, uh, done by Adam Saxton and Patrick LeBlanc from the Power BI CAT team. Fantastic stuff. They put out, I, th I think it's two, but it might be four episodes a week with little bite-sized chunks of, of uh, uh, coming up to speed with Power BI. And uh, for our end, uh, Jason Himmelstein and I do a podcast weekly uh, that keeps up on the news, what's happening in the Power BI space. We, we, we do news or we do interviews typically with either product team members or community members. So those are a few areas that you can get up and running on this stuff. Yeah, I have to say that we had our uh, SQL Saturday event here uh, a few weeks back and, and the two uh, resources that were quoted a couple times during and pointers that links to uh, in one of the presentations, but it was your, your podcast, the two <laughs> of you and the two guys at the cube as well. So yeah, yeah. Those two resources are very, very popular, but yeah, it's guy in a cube, but there's two I, guys. So we still haven't figured that out yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's uh, yeah, I'll have to provide those, those links out as well uh, as part of the blog post that goes along eventually with all of these. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
But John, people want to find out more about you. How do they get in touch? How was the best way to reach you? Well, just 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 search my name. It's very uncommon. It's hard to find online. No. Um, I'm at. Um, I have a blog at uh, whitepages.unlimitedviz.org. That's V V is in Victor I Z, not Z. I'm Canadian. Remember. Um, uh, yeah, that 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 that's a good way to go on Twitter. I'm at DiverDown1964. Let's come back to my name as to why I have a weird Twitter handle. But John White was taken. Let's just leave it at that. Yeah. Shocking. <laughs> and uh, the company it as uh if you're if you're interested in the product stuff uh that we do is tigraph.com yeah tigraph pretty known that's out there i i don't know kind of kind of biased i guess i have to point this out there i work with tigraph so yep about the marketing side of stuff but a little bit uh, and, I mean, you, and guys, you guys have we, clients all over the place you guys the tigraph is all over microsoft and we sponsor collab talk that's right so the, the the tweet jams that we just held and uh yeah. So uh, yeah, uh, we, we've we've got a Twitter report for just about any community event that's going on. Anybody who asks, anyway. Yeah, that's cool stuff. Well, John, really appreciate your time today. Thanks a lot for joining me for this uh, MVP Buzz Chat. Always a pr pleasure talking to Christian. <laughs> I'll talk to you soon. All right. <laughs>